0: Hello, I'm Martin Gill, and this is the CX Cast. Today, we're going to be continuing with our series on CX leader priorities. If you haven't listened to one of the priority podcasts already, A couple of years ago, about 18 months ago, we went out and we interviewed CX leaders around the world to look at what you were working on, people like yourselves, and we distilled what you told us down into six priorities, from establish, fund, and scale your CX team, all the way to measuring the return on investment of CX. And we've been realigning a lot of our practitioner content around these six priorities. And one of the priorities, the one we want to talk about today, is enable CX with technology. So I'm joined by Forrester Analyst Max Ball to dig into that. So welcome, Max.
1: Thanks, Martin. How are
0: you doing today? I'm pretty good in the dark here in the UK. <laughs> so let's kick off with enable CX with technology. That's really broad. Where, where do we start? Give us some context.
1: Yeah, yeah. Boy boy howdy is it. Um, so there's kind of two layers, you know, there's there's a kind of core diagram around technology for CX where the CX leader, you know, there's a core stuff they own. If I am the CX leader, I probably own whatever technology I'm using for surveys, I probably own whatever technology I'm using to track customer journeys, but so much technology is out there very specifically to interact with customers there's the whole contact center. Contact centers on average have 20 different vendor relationships. So there's just this mass of technology that it takes to handle the customer experience when you're doing support. Similarly in marketing, similarly in sales, there's just these massive stacks of technology. And you know, the CX leader, they need to at least understand this stuff, what's out there and why, and hopefully, As a CX leader, you can get yourself in a position where you're a seat at the table and at least you understand what's being done. Because if you want to have a full picture of the customer journey, it it ain't easy. Because I have a contact center solution that has its own APIs and its own definition of what a customer is and its own definition of how the data looks. Then I have sales and then I have marketing and then I have all these different people and Marketing is not consulting with the contact center to say, hey, how do we make sure our data isn't safe, right? They're solving a marketing problem. Contact center is a cost center. They're looking at how do I, as efficiently as possible, give customers a decent experience, especially uh, assuming we're moving into a recession here. The pressures to be cost cutting are going to get more and more. So the idea that these people are going to look at a bigger picture. It's just not very realistic. They've got their own problems to solve. They've got their own things to do. So a lot of the CX role is, can you help push people to something that's at least integratable? And can you get to something that can handle the bigger picture and put some of these things together? And it's a, it's a truly daunting task to be able to stitch all those things together.
0: Right. And in these kind of complex, well, two levels of complexity. One is these complex multi-channel omni-channel businesses that might be talking to customers on multiple channels but then you scale that globally into different markets where different technology ecosystems exist maybe you said we're working in china you're working in south america so there's there's a like increasing level of complexity we globally
1: face yeah and and we just acquired two companies so we got two new tech stacks there yeah and uh you know maybe we're going to collapse that in as quickly as we can but okay we're going to Turn In a minute, we'll turn this into a happier thought about all of this, but I'm going to tell a story. Large financial services institution I had some interactions with, and they were very market-leading on getting a global view of the customer journey. They got all the different department heads to work together. They got everybody to agree that we're going to do this. And they put together kind of the MVP basic customer journey. Everybody did it in the same format. It became centralized data that they could get. They actually have a global view of the customer journey. It's hugely helpful to them. They've learned a lot of interesting things. Kudos to their CX team. They're truly globally leading. But they were coming to Forrester because what they ran into was, okay, we did that. And now we're going back to these same people and we're saying, hey, We need these five pieces of information, and this stuff is in a format that doesn't do us any good, and we need to take it to the next level. And even at a company where everyone was able to get on board and do that, once you got to the next level and that high-level company initiative to make all this happen in the first place went away, they couldn't get anybody to update stuff. You go to the contact center manager and they're like, okay, let's see, I can use those resources to do better understanding of the conversations and better quality management of my agents to improve the customer experience and make my agents more efficient. Or I can use that to make a customer journey thing that I really don't directly touch a little better. It became really, really hard to consistently keep the priority there. That's kind of the, the sad, harsh story of the reality of getting some of this stuff to work together. It's really, really can be brutally tough.
0: So you kind of, I want to go back to something you said a little bit earlier on. You're kind of looking at, as a CX leader, there's at least two, maybe more classes of technology, I guess you need to think about. One is the things you own. Yes. So maybe like VLC or journey mapping. And then there's stuff like your MarTech stack that you don't really own, but you need to understand. So how do we, how are we encouraging people to think about that?
1: Yeah, so we actually have, Three levels that we think about it. There's the what you own, and that's straightforward. Right. And then, you know, there's everything you don't own. And hopefully, and any CX leader's got to be a relationships person. Hopefully, you can build relationships such or get somebody to force you in the door or force yourself in the door. So that there's a lot of things that you're consulted on, that you have a seat at the table, that you're having the discussion. The, the we call it CX consulted, where you're not buying it, but you're able to have some influence. You're able to have some discussion to get some ideas and some thoughts going. And then there's informed, where in a lot of cases, it may be something that the next time they buy something, they're more than happy to have you involved, but it's a tech stack they've had for five years, and they're not going to update it for another three or four. So you know you need to know what they have and figure out how you can work with it and how you can leverage it and what's available through it. So that's kind of the way we think of it is those three levels of interaction.
0: When you look at CX leaders, then what are the challenges they face in managing these three different classes of technology, or, or or even thinking about how they segregate them?
1: I mean, again, managing the stuff you own, obviously that's not easy, but it's you own it, you're you're in control. So that's
0: things like Qualtrics for surveys or journey mapping.
1: Yes, exactly, surveys, journey mapping, all that kind of stuff. Now. Let's talk specifically about surveys and customer sentiment for a moment, because this is kind of an interesting case study of something the CX team doesn't own, but where they can get a lot of value. And as technology is evolving, there's some really interesting things they're going to be able to do. If you think about the contact center, every conversation in a contact center is recorded. And up until very recently... 1% of them was listened to to manage quality management. So that was a contact center thing for the contact center, of the contact center, by the contact center. And the rest of them were ignored. Keep them on hard drives because if somebody sues you, you have a way to go back and prove that, no, the guy actually said, yes, I want to make this sale. Don't tell me you didn't. But what's happening now is we have AI. So before, where each one of those conversations, if I wanted to get anything out of it, I had to have somebody listen to it and write it all down. You, You can't scale that. But now with AI, I can take these various conversations and I can listen to them. I can categorize them. I can understand what's there. That is being used in contact centers to improve quality management. I can listen to the recordings. I can identify agents who aren't doing well. I can identify topics where the conversations aren't going well. There's a lot of things I can do to improve my agent performance, to improve my contact center. Contact centers are cost justifying bringing in AI driven analytics to do that and understand that. What's cool is that analytics tool is there. You know, for the cost of an extra couple licenses, which isn't very much, it's all established. You're already interpreting that data. CX can start working with the contact center team and start getting insights from that information. Surveys are fading, surveys were never great, but. I always quote this guy, Josh Ives, nobody ever calls the contact center because they have a problem with the contact center. People call the contact center because there's a product problem or a web problem or somebody was rude to them in a store, whatever it may be. This is where you get the feedback. Customers tell your agents exactly what they think about your brand every day. So this is a good example of CX consulted or CX involved where if the contact center has that, You can go out and build a relationship with those people and you can start getting access to that data. It helps the contact center because they're struggling being a cost center. And now they can say, look at all this other value we're bringing because we've got these conversations and we're taking it to you. So there's this beautiful synergy there of getting that out and getting that into CX. They don't own that technology, but they can sure leverage it. And there's, you know, there's similar tools on the marketing side and then sales where you're understanding the customer journey or you're getting insights into what people are interested in or what they're not interested in or how different pitches are going. And you know, there's a lot of tools to manage sales productivity. Well, a lot of the sales productivity is which of these pitches worked, or which of these products when we promoted it are the first thing people want to buy. And that sort of insight. That is a lot of what the customer experience is and what the customers want from that experience. If all you are is informed and all you are is arm's length from these other groups, you're going to be living with this very fuzzy picture that you get from surveys. But when you get closer to these groups, there's a lot of data they need for their day jobs that you can start leveraging for what it is you're trying to do. So a lot of what we're trying to do with this priority is help teams to understand Who is in contact center and what do they need? Who is it in marketing and what do they need? What do those tools look like? And once you understand what those tools look like, a CX leader is going to know, oh, well, that's information I'm really interested in. So the ability to see what's out there beyond what they have and start understanding how they can use it. And again, you're going to run into the problem that you're going to go to a contact center manager and say, hey, I want to leverage this data. And it's not their day job to do that. But hopefully there may be some tools in place. And if their tools in place, it's a very light lift for them. And there's some ways that you can get them involved and in seeing this as a benefit for them. Similar with marketing, similar with sales, etc. So
0: you paint a picture and I can see this in some usually digital and usually single brand, simpler organizations. Not university, but usually where you've got this kind of real-time interaction next best experience you know live telemetry from every single customer where we can get real-time ai making decisions about how we interact with the customer and that maybe like gambling companies gaming companies can kind of hit that kind of stride at the moment but most firms out there have a bunch of stores warehouse branches all this complexity and you also talked about sales marketing contact center blah 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 there's so many constituents. How do we piece it all together, both technically and and culturally?
1: This example I was talking about, where the contact center having technology, even at that simple level, what we've found is the technology is there, but the company structure incentive for the CX team and the contact center to even interact is almost non existent. So the cultural issues are huge. Cultural issues are very, very difficult. And I think this is important enough that we'll start seeing from on high some things happening. I've talked to some brands who are looking at a universal data store that is a customer model of some sort with transaction histories. And the customer journey would be there, but the customer journey would be buried in a database and someone would have to go stitch it together and draw it out. But it's all in the same database. It's all in the same format. I'm seeing brands move towards that. I think The other thing that I've started to see that's fascinating to me is there's the concept of the CDP and it's kind of been for the past few years mired in marketing, subservient to marketing programs and it really doesn't go beyond that. That's changing and that's changing fast. Twilio bought segment for $3 billion. Salesforce just announced Genie, which is in essence a massive real-time CDP where you can put all this stuff nice and variant from the contact center worlds, they have technology that can start to become this kind of CDP. So the vendors see it. It's going to be a year or two until anything settles out where it's a straightforward, we're going to get this, everybody's going to write into it, and the product's mature enough that it's not that heavy of a lift for everyone to do that. But vendors are starting to build tools to bring this stuff together. So it's a big, hard challenge today, but it's a big, hard challenge that I think is going to get better fairly quickly here.
0: So a lot of what we're doing with Forest of Decisions is to kind of get deeper into practitioner-level content and create frameworks and models and like help with not so much the implementation, but the thinking about how you implement. So with the future you've just described there, where are you going with the content strategy to help the decision-making?
1: There's two elements to it. One is Who? So here's your friendly neighborhood contact center leader. What do they look like? What do they care about? Similarly for marketing, similarly for sales, you know, just like a one page, you know, if you really think marketing has some stuff that's useful, here's a persona thing. Get in that guy's head before you reach out and ask her, what do you have? What do you do? And then the second thing is to outline some of the tech stacks in these different areas. So contact center... They've got a ticketing system in some flavor of CRM. They've got a CCAS system that's managing the interactions. Well, those have customer intelligence in them and more and more so as time goes on. So that's really a lot of what we're looking at is a combination of the who and then what's the technology. And then I think from that, we can start putting together some things that are a little more, how do you stitch all this stuff together? And again, that's... that's, so bleeding edge at the moment that there's not a lot a lot to really point to yet but i i think as we get all of those pieces together then the here's how to stitch it together becomes a lot easier and a lot more straightforward it can be done today with data lakes and the like so there may be some things we can do sooner around that but i think what's exciting is the path to this there's going to be some really interesting global capabilities around that that start coming out
0: so that has been quite a tour high level big and broad of content around CX technology. So thank you, Max. I know there's like, we could we could kind of do this all day. We can carry on talking, but we're we'll gonna try and keep it to the 20 minutes-ish mark.
1: Yeah, if we were sitting here with beer, it would be a very different conversation that could go six hours.
0: <laughs> Maybe next time. So thank you, Max, for uh, insights around CX technology. And we'll hopefully see you again for the next in our series around our CX leader priorities.
1: Sounds great. Thanks a so bunch, Martin. I enjoyed it.
0: And thank you to producers Ellie and Julia, without whom none of this would happen. If you want to get in touch, email us at cxcastforrester.com. At Message us on Twitter at CX underscore cast. And as always, you can find us at www.cxcast.com or on your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to like and subscribe and tune in next time for more CX Insights.